0: The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, president at Lola Red, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Reapin. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, I thought this was really interesting from Fast Company. Um, The reporter is Vivian Jiang, and she's talking about how we think we're so busy, but guess what? We're not. I just thought this was fascinating. According to sociologist John Robinson, who's known as Father Time to his colleagues, he's saying most people have about 40 hours of free time per week. He's a professor at the University of Maryland and director of the America's Use of Time Project. Didn't know that even existed, didn't even know that was a thing. And he has been studying how people spend their time for more than 50 years. Uh, He was one of the first. Uh, guys to come out in 1972 um, to collect detailed time diaries of people all over the country, and to be reporting out on these each and every year. He told Fast Company that modern Americans only merely feel like we're working more hours, and we tend to exaggerate about our work hours, even though our actual hours on the job have been dec- decreasing over the past 40 years. Isn't that fascinating? He goes on to say that we work less than we think we do, That's the number one. We tend to overestimate our work hours by 5 to 10%. We actually sleep more than we used to, and you know there's a lot of science out there about sleep and the importance of it. Apparently, we sleep on average 8.75 hours per day, which is actually more than we work, he says, which is only an average of 7.55 hours every day. Uh, People who are employed tend to sleep less because we have more obligations. That's no big surprise. Women feel more rush than men. According to Robinson, we have more things going on. We don't have as much leisure time. But guess what? We have more leisure time now than we did in the 1960s, he said. We are still doing more housework compared to men. On average, we will spend more than two hours and ten minutes doing housework, while men spend one hour and 17 minutes. Guess what's taking over our free time that we have? TV. Apparently television, watching television, takes up 50% of people's free time. Um, and it's probably because he says programs have been a lot more sophisticated. So I just thought that was really interesting that, guess what, we, we actually do have time. Um, all this time we thought we were overworked and uh, didn't have enough sleep, but guess what, uh, that's a lie. So reasonable luxury moms of their purse profile, they may actually take issue with some of that. These are women, 35 to 45, married with kids in the household, household income about 75K. They do stay home full time, about a million of these women. Um, and they are struggling really with having luxury items over being a mom. You know, they have a lot of guilt uh, related to What they spend their stuff on and uh, what they buy. They do love luxury. Uh, They like having nice things and they're willing to pay more for it. Uh, But being a mom, the role of the mom is something that they really take seriously and their kids have a huge impact on what they buy. Um, They'll shop around. They'll look for special offers. They like to shop at specialty stores. Um, They are influenced by others quite a bit because they do ask advice before buying new things. But they take a lot of comfort in brands, and they'll shop at their favorite stores for the brands that they like, and they always shop their favorite brands first. So where can you intersect with this particular woman? She's online a lot, as you can imagine. Uh, Disney.com happens to be a big one. Uh, she's watching TV, Disney and Nickelodeon, of course, HGTV, all big, um, and magazines. So it's parenting magazines, shape, real simple, L, family fun, uh, cooking, like good housekeeping and vogue are all tops with her. Well, my guest today knows what it's like, that struggle between being that mom and those dads around doing housework and juggling work. Liz O'Donnell is definitely an expert in it. She's the author of Mogul, Mom and Maid, The Balancing Act of the Modern Woman. She's also a PR executive by day, and if that's not enough, she is the founder of an award-winning website called Hello Ladies for Busy Women. It's been named one of the top 100 websites by Forbes, among others, and she contributes regularly to a lot of publications, including the Boston Globe Magazine and the Atlantic Journal-Constitution. We're going to be talking about her book and insights from that book and advice that she has for all of us who are trying to do the juggle and do it well. Stick around. Liz O'Donnell is next on Purse Strings after the break
0: purse strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers
2: us build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now.
0: Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan.
1: Welcome back to purse Strings. My guest today is Liz O'Donnell. She's a want-to-be mogul, aren't we all, busy working mom and sometimes made, as she describes herself. She's the founder of an award-winning website for smart, busy women called Hello Ladies. You may be aware of it. It's garnered a lot of awards, including being named the Top 100 Websites for Women by Forbes and Voice of the Year by BlogHer. Uh, Liz, you may have read her work, um, she's a regular contributor to the Huffington Post, and she's also appeared in writing at a lot of major dailies, including the Boston Globe magazine and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, among others. Now, as if that wasn't enough, Liz is also a PR executive by day, and being one of those myself, I know how busy she is. In, in spite of all of that, she managed to squeeze in time to write a book called Mogul, Mom and Maid, The Balancing Act of the Modern Woman. Liz, welcome to the show. Maria, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to have you. Uh, very intrigued by the book and, of course, how you manage to juggle um, everything that you do. And, in fact, it, in the intro, I, I hopefully captured how busy you are. I always struggle with kind of where to start with busy people like you. So let's start with Hello Ladies. Talk a little bit about that very successful blog and what led you to create it, and how did you find your distinctive voice? You know, I found my voice by being silent, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, I was working um, at a company where I was the only female executive, mm-hmm. um, and every bad thing you read about that could happen to a woman at work happened to me at this one experience, at this one oh company, I mean, there was sexual harassment, there was unequal pay, you know, there was sort of being boxed out of those informal networking meetings with all the guys. And I was trying so hard to be that good girl that we're all raised to be, and fit in and bite my tongue and get along, and it was just killing me. So I started to write as an outlet, and write about my experiences. And I started the blog anonymously um, because obviously I was worried about the consequences. But it became such an incredible outlet for me, and I realized I couldn't be silent. So I originally started blogging, and honestly, as I said, and then I found, you know, I was finding this incredible group of feminist women online, and this um, incredible source of feminist writing online. But I found that what I was reading online wasn't translating to the women in my real life, my day-to-day life, the people Mm -hmm. I met through work or at the playground. And one day, um, I was talking to some working mothers at the drop-off, my son's school, about the, the wage gap for women, the fact that women earn, you know, on average, 77 cents on the, for every dollar a man earns. And they didn't know what I was talking about. And these are women who go off to work every day. And if you can picture the gesture, I sort of slapped my forehead and said, Hello, ladies. You need to know about these things. And so that's where the name of the blog came from. And uh, I decided my purpose in the blog was to bring these important messages to women in a way that they could take them in and have time to read them. So, Liz, as you said, your blog really is an extension of you and your experiences, clearly as a mom, as a spouse, as someone who has a full-time job, and and someone really committed to a lot of different organizations, because I know you support a lot of them with your time. So how, I mean, it's kind of the quintessential question, I think, for every working mom, is how do you balance it all? And do you specifically feel like you experience any additional stress about maintaining some balance, knowing that really you are an example for so many working women? So that's such a great question. Um, How I do it all. I, at some point along the way, I got really clear about what I call my non-negotiables and my non-negotiables are a list of maybe no more than five, three to five things that are absolutely, you know, literally non-negotiable right I don't uh, I don't shift on these things probably I identified those at some point when I was exhausted or in crisis mode and mm-hmm. said something has to shift so my core non-negotiables for me are to be home three nights a week you know his immediate family is one of my non-negotiables to write because it's such an important outlet for me to exercise just enough to maintain sanity, you know, in some semblance of physical health. I'm not one of those people who exercises mm-hmm. to look amazing or to run a marathon. For me, it's really just <laughs> to stay sane um, and work, obviously, because it pays the bill. So those are my core non-negotiables that I always try to fit into a week. And when I don't fit those things into the week, then I feel out of balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and they shift. Sometimes those non-negotiables shift. Uh and I do fall out of balance. I fall out of balance frequently and for some reason it seems like every time someone invites me to talk about balance that's <laughs> Most out of balance. (laughs) Um, You know, I used to worry worry about that. What's the message I'm sending? And then I realized, you know what? The message I'm sending is that this is a process, that none of us have one magic formula that works all the time, that we constantly need to reevaluate what those non-negotiables are, and we constantly need to guard those non-negotiables. I'm way out of balance right now if you measure me against those non-negotiables. My parents have been sick. June and I've been in, in sort of a crisis mode, managing the legal and the financial and the medical and all that stuff. Um, so my non-negotiables right now are different than they will be, you know, when when I get over this hump. Um, I, I certainly haven't found the time for writing or, quite frankly, for my kids right now because Mom and Dad need me. And I'll shift and I'll reevaluate. And so I think the message there for women is. It is a constant process. There's no one right model for any of us. And so hopefully, or maybe I make myself feel better by saying the fact that I fall out of balance and get back in uh, is an example of what we need to do. Mm-hmm. You have to be flexible and nimble. You have to. There's no just right way to do it every single day. And I think what you just described proves that. And, and I think it's about being sensitive and aware of what those non-negotiables are, what those priorities are, so they're always top of mind. Whether or not you can commit to them 100% every day equally, probably not, but at least you never know, those are the things that you don't want to budge on. And you mentioned work, um, so beyond doing everything else that you do, I mean, you, you do have a career in PR. Talk about why it's so important for you to continue to have your career. Well, the number one reason is it pays the bills, right? It puts food on the table and it pays the mortgage. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> there is that, you know, and sometimes I wonder, well, if I gave more to the writing and the speaking and the blogging, would that, you know, be, would I be in a position there to pay the bills? And, you know, maybe, maybe. But one of the things that I think is most important and the reason that I work is because I think it's really important that someone delivering this message about balance, about working mothers is in the trenches. I feel like there are too many, uh, not too many, but there is a lot of advice coming at women from academics, from the Ariana Huffington's of the world, the Cheryl Sandberg's of the world. And those women have incredible advice. I'm not negating their message, but I think their message needs to be balanced with a more uh, relatable relatable voice as well, you know, who's in it every day, who's figuring out how to get out the door, who doesn't necessarily have a full-time nanny or a full-time housekeeper who's, you know, every day is a learning process and there are incredible lessons. I, I encourage women all the time, you know, build your own power network. Look at the women sitting next to you on the train in the morning or the women at the soccer field. Those are the women who are going to give you referrals for business. For um, hairdressers, right, for babysitters, they're going to support you at your work and they're going to support you at home. So um, that's the number one reason I, I like to continue my day job is because I think it gives a real perspective on what we're talking about. And also, um, just a, a little plug for where I work, the company I work for, Double Forte, one of the things that feels great about working there is we really practice what I preach when it comes to flexibility and family first. We have a lot of conversations at work about what does it mean to be a family first company? How do we implement flex so that it works for the business and the employees? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so great. It's so great that you have continued discussions about that. And, of course, this all feeds into your your book, Mogul Mom and Made The Balancing Act of the Modern Woman. You do look at the juggle working women do on a regular basis. It was released in November. How has it been received so far? Um, I can't believe it's almost been a year. It's it's like having a baby, right? Um, It's been very well received by women. um, And that was important to me when writing the book. What was really important was women would say, I'm not alone. And that, you know, most of the women who read the book have said to me that they've identified themselves or identified with at least one of the hundred women that I interviewed and spoke about in the book. Um, I wanted women to feel like their choices were good choices, whether they were the woman who, you know, really struggled to leave their kids at home and go to work, or they were the women who did a little jig when they walked out the back in the morning, you know, I'm free, I'm free, I can't wait to go to work and achieve. Um, I wanted them to see, you know, to be able to identify with someone, whether they were the woman who was hard charging towards that corner office, or the woman who said, you know what, I don't want the corner office, I'm going to hang out at middle management because I'm looking for a better balance of work and family. Um, And so, Hearing women tell me, you know, that they identified and that some of the things they read on the pages of the book were what was in their head and that made them feel good, that was, that's great, that's been really wonderful where I'm focused now is uh, trying to get the attention of managers, right? Because that that's an intent of the book, too, for companies to really understand why the money they're investing in diversity and retention programs maybe aren't working. You know, we're seeing a lot of businesses invest in this, but the numbers aren't really changing as far as women advancing to the top or women wishing that they could leave work or, you know, women sort of dropping out as they go up the ranks. Uh, and I think it's because... You know, none of us show up as just the worker when we walk through the office, and none of us show up as just the mother when we walk through the kitchen door. We bring our whole selves to work and home, and and that's the message, I think, for businesses. Give women the space and the flexibility, and they'll deliver the accountability. But unless we recognize what women are bringing to work with them every day, this whole host of, you know, mogul mom and maid that they have to get done every day, then you're not going to get the, the levels of engagement and productivity that you could get. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we talked about the balance of power. So the fact that mom still has all these jobs that she's doing, right? And your stats are showing that moms, more than ever, are breadwinners for their families. They're still handling those home-based jobs. But are you seeing that men's roles have changed to accommodate that somewhat, and it's been helpful? I'm seeing that men's attitudes are, I don't know if changing is the right word, but are certainly being spoken about more. There's been a number of studies coming out recently. Um, the, The Boston College Center for Work and Family is one place that I know has released some interesting data about fathers, uh, that men are vocalizing anyway, that they want to be much more engaged at home. Uh, So certainly men's attitudes appear to be changing. Men's roles, um, slowly. There's a slow change. And men are doing more at home than ever before. Uh, That's been proven out in data from like the U.S. Census Bureau who looks at the American Time Use Survey. Um, but the issue is, men started at such a low point that men doing so much more isn't making that big of an impact yet at home. Right. That's sad. Sad state <laughs> yeah. yeah. of affairs. That's, that's true. That's true. Is. They, they only tough. could go up, right? They can only right. go they up. They can only go up. And I'm really encouraged by two um, two segments by men and by millennials. I really think when mothers, men, and millennials get together, that's when we're going to see some incredible changes because you've got men now saying, I don't want to just provide and die. Right? I want more to my life. I want to be engaged with my family. I want to be a hands-on father. So when they start asking for this flexibility, then we're going to see some shifts. And then you have millennials who are saying, I am not going to work the way Gen X and the boomers ahead of me work. I am going to have a balanced life. So all of a sudden, mothers now have these... Uh, Troops, you know, in the flanks waiting, and I think when these three groups come together and start making some changes in the workplace, that will be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. I look forward to seeing how that dynamic all changes. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to uh, definitely note some upcoming opportunities to see Liz live and in person. We're going to talk about that when Perstring returns in just a moment.
0: Perstring's, we'll be right back after a word from our advertisers.
2: at BruceClay.com. Johnson, what's this Mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com
0: Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan.
1: Welcome back to Purse Strings. I'm talking today with Liz O'Donnell. She's the author of Mobile Mom and Maid, The Balancing Act of the Modern Woman. And Liz, you have a very exciting speaking opportunity come up, uh, coming up. It's at the Marketing to Moms Conference, October 22nd and 23rd in Chicago. I just love these conferences that PME puts on. It's Marketing to Women, it's in the spring, and Marketing to Moms is in the fall. It's always extremely well attended, and you have a very plumb position. as a closing keynote on that very first day. Share a little bit, if you would, about what you plan to share with the room as the closing keynote. Sure. Uh, One of the statistics that just came out from the conference in one of their, um, you know, advance notices about registering for the conference was the statistic that 72% of U.S. mothers work. I think that's really important and what I plan to talk about at the conference. 72% of mothers work, but when you look at the way brands talk to us, I get the sense they think, the brands think, that all mothers are in their kitchen and they have a baby or a toddler in a diaper on their hip. Uh, you know, the the ads and the approach to mothers hasn't really shifted as more and more mothers have gone to work. Um, so I think there's a huge opportunity for brands to address mothers, meet mothers where they are, and understand that a lot about a mother's uh, purchasing habits aren't necessarily based on uh, where she is in life, but based on where her kids are, right? The needs of a mother with a baby or a toddler are very different than the needs of a mother with a middle schooler or an adult child. Uh, So I think brands are missing an opportunity there. I do think when, when the media addresses working mothers, they portray two images. They portray this superwoman, you know, who's just dressed to kill. She's got arms cut like Michelle Obama, and mm-hmm. she has everything under control. Or they portray the working mother as a complete and utter disaster. And I, I know personally, I think I fluctuate between the two. <laughs> Most of us are probably somewhere in the middle, right? So I think the opportunity for brands, and what I'll talk about at the conference, is the opportunity to solve women's problems, to understand how busy we are, deliver solutions for us. And to understand that our purchasing habits are probably different than this mother that they portray in the kitchen with the diaper. I mean, I'd probably spend more time and money shopping at work on Amazon or during my lunch break. You know, I can drop a lot of money on my lunch break, more than you might find me, you know, spending or spending time or money in the supermarket on a Saturday. Well, and I think I think brands have a challenge, frankly. I mean, women are so many things. Um, we have so many parts of our lives. I think brands have to be really, really smart about who they're talking to and not assume we're all the same. Um, and they need to understand who who is their consumer. And I think, That's more and more challenging today. However, I will say at the same time, we have a lot, uh, many, many more direct avenues to get to that particular consumer than we've ever had. And so um, I hear you when you talk about, uh, you know, brands shouldn't have just one concept of who this woman is. They, They really need to be smart about it. Um, it, it just is a much more sophisticated approach, I think, today that's needed. So, Right, much more segmented than maybe what we needed in the past. Exactly. Uh, so at the end of the day, I'm going to have you end on some advice for all the women listening, including myself, who uh, need to manage their stress, their guilt, their worry, uh, when it comes to trying to do it all and do it all well, because, of course, we want to do it exceptionally well. You've given some advice about having those non-negotiables. What other pieces of advice would you leave us with today? I'd say the most important thing is for women to put their blinders on and to not worry about other women. Don't worry about what other women are doing. Of course, I want I, I should I should roll that statement back because I think women supporting women is so important. But I mean, as far as finding your own balance, um, it's really about not worrying about what the neighbor is doing or the woman in the next office is doing, but really defining your own definition of all because your definition of all and my definition of all are going to be completely different. Um, and and this process that I went through of defining my my non-negotiables it came from identifying first what are all the things i'd love to accomplish then i said okay let's be realistic what can i accomplish now and what do i have to put off until later this idea of pacing yourself um and then looking at um looking at all the things that were on my list that started with the word should i think should is a four-letter word should be spelled s-h-u-d and if women really stop and listen to all these shoulds, they come from our parents, they come from our professors, they come from our bosses, come comes from the media. Um, I think if women really stop, there's a whole host of I should be a better daughter, I should be, I should want a promotion, I should be making the crafts I see on Pinterest, you know, I, sh- I should be a size six, whatever it is. And when we really strip out the shoulds, then we can figure out what we want to do and make ourselves, you know, more at peace with the decisions that we're making. And I mentioned Pinterest. I mean, I'm a big fan of social media. I'm the director of digital at my firm. But, but it's a, you know, it's a double edged sword for women. I tell women, get off Facebook. <laughs> Your friends uh-huh. are posting, mm-hmm. right? They're posting these perfectly curated uh-huh. Yes. images of their lives and we know i mean you know intellectually we know that's what they're doing but it's tough it's tough at the end of a really long day when you're in your tj Maxx pajamas you know and you're eating cereal for dinner and and all you go on facebook and it looks like everyone else is just living the dream right yeah we know that's a lie though liz we know that's a lie we know it. yeah <laughs> or at least i pray it's a lie because then i'm i am i'm failing miserably if it's not right no, but I, I think that's a really great reminder for everyone is, um, let's all be realistic about what we're really, what we're really dealing with. And, um, remember the impact of putting our perfect children on Facebook and that, oh, that yeah. gourmet meal yeah. that we made maybe once every six months. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do want to direct everybody, uh, to your sites because they're going to want to get the book if they haven't gotten it already. There's mogulmommaid.com. You can also get the book at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or other books sellers and then for the blog helloladies.com check that out of course Liz is on Twitter at helloladies, Pinterest at helloladies and Facebook at the Hello Ladies as well. Liz thank you for being on. Maria thanks so much. It's a pleasure and best of luck coming up here in October at the Marketing to Moms conference and thanks to my producer George join me next week right here in 3 o'clock eastern time for another edition of First Drinks until then make it a great one.